The Dream 3 Podcast, episode number 35. We're back at you. We missed the NFL draft. We had UFC 274 this past weekend. We got a lot to cover. Let's get after it. So after taking a week off, we're back at it. Had a lot to cover. Um, grateful last podcast, we had Dujanae Bland breaking down the NFL draft beforehand. Um, Neil, obviously the draft was two weeks ago. Um, a lot of things played out way different than I think all the experts thought. <clears throat> because we knew that going into this year that the quarterback prospect market was not as strong as you know it seemed but for some reason like the last few weeks the hype kept getting crazier and crazier and you had mock drafts even saying that there could be up to you know four or five or maybe even six quarterbacks taken in the first round fast forward post draft you had one quarterback selected in the first round yeah um i think i think the writing was on the wall for Kenny Pickett to go to Pittsburgh mm-hmm um, the day that he declared for the NFL draft, just because Pittsburgh loves their natives. Um, so I'm not surprised by that one. The other ones, I'm going to be honest, I could care less about. I think they're they're kind of developmental QBs. Maybe one down the road ends up being a good quarterback. We'll see. I mean, this it's going to be interesting for cards, that's for sure, because the next two years it's going to have to be like this class, this 2020 class is going to have to drive the next two years because there's not going to be quarterback that it's going to be the only one that, worth it. Yeah, the only one that actually has an opportunity to start right away is Kenny Pickett. Um, you think of, and I don't even think he'll start. You got Desmond Ritter, who's at Tennessee, who's going to sit behind Ryan Tannehill. You have, uh, or is it, and no, Malik. Ritter's in Atlanta, isn't he? Yeah, Ritter's in Atlanta. Malik went to Tennessee, correct? Yes, Malik. So, you know, like you said, you have both teams, Atlanta, Tennessee, have their starting quarterbacks on a two-year deal. So like you said, and, and unless something bad happens, an injury happens, you know, those guys are going to have to wait for the next two years. So, you know, if we're talking about in the card market, the only thing that sells uh, off the rookie teams are, are quarterbacks. And you only have one first-rounder not really a star name guy that everyone's going to uh, go after kind of like a Trevor Lawrence or, yeah. but, but like <clears throat> it's going to be a real hard, I wouldn't say sell to the card market because you're still going to end up paying $1,700 for a, a hobby box more than likely next year. I, I I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I think Panini sees the draft and I think they're like, there's no way we can, we could sell hobby boxes for seventeen hundred. It just won't. The market, like they'll do that Dutch auction, and nothing will sell. No, it you'll get them, get them down to three, four hundred dollars. The way you know they probably should be, because you're right. There, there's no quarterback market that we could really, you know, go into. Yeah. So, so full the draft, although uh, or all yeah, the, the, honestly. The 2020 class will carry the 21 class because the 21 class will be trash. But or the, uh, I don't even say that because tre- I, I don't even see like Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest. Hot take here. That might be the biggest draft class of quarterbacks 
it could be a bust. And 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 I don't say that because I think that the quarterbacks are aren't don't have the talent, but they none of the quarterbacks other than Trey Lance were put in a position to be on a team that I think is set up for success. And Trey Lance was the only one in San Francisco hates him. I mean they're they've been they've been all over saying this guy can't isn't developing this guy isn't developing. So it's like I don't know. I'm I'm still looking at Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and all those guys, and I Josh Allen. Like those are going to be your guys. Yeah, you're, there's so much talent in the AFC. There is this year. It's so dominant, and quarterbacks are you know off the chart. But you got to think of like you know every year. It doesn't matter where the guys are drafted. Hell, even for the Colts when Jacob Eason was drafted, and people are you know a quarter. Oh, I'm going to pull a base card and. $100 for a base card. And it's just like for a guy who started two plays for the Colts and then ended up getting yeah, he threw a pick on the second one to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to take stock in quarterbacks, especially rookie quarterbacks that you don't know when to play. I mean, even people did that to Patrick Mahomes unless you really, it's, it's like prospecting for baseball. You're hoping. You're really yeah, hoping. and that that's just something where it's like, and and I'm seeing like twenty, I'm seeing these national treasures boxes going for five thousand dollars a box, and Zach Wilson RPAs are doing thirty thousand dollars. It's like, do you realize you could take that thirty thousand dollars and buy yourself a Tom Brady like rookie autograph, like contenders rookie auto mm-hmm. for the same price. And that box, you could buy yourself Tom Brady rookie for the price of a box. The the market is just wild, especially. There's so much hype in like prospecting right now. It's it's it, like it's almost like the goats, unless it's like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Well, I can't even say LeBron James because LeBron is just just plummeting. But like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, if it's not those two guys. It's it's modern players, and nobody wants anything to do with anybody else. I that's part of the market that I just don't understand. Um, like you know, a couple years ago, you could get National Treasure RPAs for you know a couple hundred bucks, maybe if it was somebody super super great, a couple thousand mm-hmm. bucks. But thirty three thousand dollars for for a guy who, how many games did the Jets win this year? Uh, I want to say five, three, yeah, something like, like that, four. So it's not, and, but like you said, it's prospect. And it's kind of like when, when Brady was going to get ready to move on and everyone put their stock in like Jared Stidham, or you put your stock in Garoppolo, or you put your stock in, you know, all these quarter, Osweiler, all these quarterbacks that, you know, never panned out. That it's turned into gambling. That's what it, it is. That's basically a hundred percent of what it is. Yeah. Instead of yeah, I I don't know. To me, it doesn't make sense. I mean, like the thousand dollar challenge. I like it's hard because like you really have to prospect and see the future mm-hmm. and see like potential plays. But like you know me, I, like I don't buy anything unless it's like. Proven Hall of Fame, sure, one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, 
prospecting is too hard. Like we said, it's too much of a gamble. Like unless yeah. you're on your P's and Q's, it's like people putting a bunch of stock into Jason Dominguez or all the other baseball prospects that you hope to pan out that might not see the majors for yep. four or five years. Like that's a long hold, long hold in hope that, you know, injuries yeah. or something stupid doesn't happen. Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand. I, I can't do that. Like I'm, I'm taking the tried and true goat status. Kind of like you yeah. said. Yeah. Agreed. I will say though, from the draft, the the lower echelon teams really made an impact to try and better their team. So like the Jets, I don't think they could have drafted better. Oh, they had um, the, the, the Ravens. State, yeah, the Jets had a great draft, especially when that Florida State kid fell to them. Um, the Eagles had a really great ja- draft. Getting AJ Brown, getting yourself a nice D, D tackle. Mm-hmm. Building, building on that team for Jalen Hurts. I mean, Detroit even did well. I mean, they picked up a, a top tier wide receiver. They picked up the best defensive end in the draft. You know, I, I thought that was good. You know, maybe it makes a maybe it makes football a little more competitive this year. Did you feel like the first round was overhyped this year? Yeah, I mean, from a pure uh, from a pure talent standpoint, last year's draft was the last three drafts are have been light years ahead of this draft class. Yeah, I think I think the the wide receiving pool was probably the best pool of the bunch, but even then, they don't compare to Devontae Smith, Jaden Waddle, Jamar Chase. Yeah, and then the year before, they don't compare to Justin Jefferson and all these other guys. There was no, I would say, clear-cut super, superstar of the bunch. Like, yeah, agreed. Did agreed. anybody did anybody really expect the the Georgia kid until the last week started getting all the hype to jump up to the number one pick? Yeah, like, you know, for for months and even at the beginning of last year, you know, Thibodeau was was set to be the number one pick. Um, but then after that, you didn't really hear anybody until. The end of the year. So there's so there's there's been guys who I've looked at like just watching watching college football and just watching you know senior bowl stuff, just watching videos and trying to trying to understand, you know, who's who's gonna be potential just good players. Not not from the aspect of cards, just for the aspect of loving football. And the two guys that I liked were Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens. 6'4", weighs like 220, runs... He didn't have a great combine, but, like, if you watch his tape, I mean, he's one of the best safeties there's been in a long, long time. Um, and then the other guy was Trevor Penning, who the Saints drafted. Um, big physical offensive tackle, plays left tackle. He's going to mm-hmm. fill in for Taron Armstead. Um, but I think his senior bowl, like, if you watch his senior bowl highlights, some of those practice videos... I mean, he was straight just manhandling people, but like just dogging kids. It was like children. But those are the two guys who stood out to me as like who I think can be all pro type players in this yeah. out of this draft. Um, yeah. But those are guys. Those aren't those aren't skill positions. They're not. Nobody is going to care about them in cards. But for me, watching those guys, I I think those guys are pretty pretty talented. No, there there was uh, like the. I think one of the most underrated guys that fell to the third round was David Bell. 
David Bell with yeah. the wider suit. Like, you know, even though he runs four six without pads, like he plays faster than a four six speed and single handedly single handedly beat Ohio State and Iowa by himself. A- Antonio Brown ran four six. Uh, Jerry Rice ran four seven. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. For and, that and kid, for that kid to, to drop to the third round is an absolute steal for the Browns. Absolute steal. His uh his tape looks really good. Yeah. I, I mean he's beat he's 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 taking I mean he's just he's he's a good player. He's a multifaceted really guy. Um <clears throat> now another Purdue guy, and I'm just saying that because he's local. Um so the uh Arla Fatisse. No, the guy who went to the Chiefs. First round. Yeah, that's George. George, yeah, yeah. whatever, however you pronounce it. Yeah, Carla. Did he, so did he Carla sit out? Peace. Did he sit out this season? Um, I, th- I I think you're right on that. He might have. Because I, I you know I watched a couple Purdue games, obviously because they're semi-local. And, you know, I didn't. It doesn't say he did, but was, he could have. I didn't see much of a of a standout to be a you know first round pick, but. Obviously, I haven't didn't get to watch a ton of film. Plus, I didn't get to watch a ton of the draft except for the first round because we were down in Charlotte for the for the race that weekend. So that was kind of tough. I was trying to I got to watch a little bit of the first round while we were at dinner and didn't really get to see the the other two days. So catching back up and I'm basically following it through my phone, but didn't really get to sit down and, and truly understand. Kind of just followed the Colts picks and see what they tried and picked up and they seem to got some guys that they like and we'll see yeah we'll see the uh so the uh guy you were talking about um name me the last purdue edge rusher who went pretty high in the draft the last purdue edge rusher that went high in the draft what uh can you give me a year no, I don't know the year. I'll give you the team. Yeah. But he got drafted by the Redskins, the old Redskins. Ryan Kerrigan? Yeah. So Purdue doesn't usually put out edge rushers, but you got to think if one goes in the first round, he's probably got the talent just because they don't come come from Purdue very often. And if they do, they're usually pretty talented guys. You know who Ryan Kerrigan's sister is married to? Uh, I do not, but Ryan Kerrigan's sister did go to my college. She played volleyball there. She's married to the best football player in Brownsburg history. <laughs> Who would that be? Jamie Comer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Now it makes sense. Yes, now it makes yes, sense. yes. And that's why Ryan's is that a <laughs> is, is that alleged greatest football player of all time? Or, it's... Depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. UFC, what was it? Two seventy six? Is that what it was? Two eighty six. Two seventy four. Four seventy six. Seven hundred. What what number are we on? Who cares? All I'm okay. Anyways, Oliveira missing weight. So so here's we talked about this yes a little bit in our group chat. That is like the one thing you have to do. Like if you have a job, right? It's the only thing you have to do. That's like showing up on time. You just show up on time 
And that's all you got to do. You come in there, you make weight. That's it. You make weight. That's how you get paid. You make weight. I, and you don't make weight. I have a really hard time, and I saw some other guys tweet about it. I have a really hard time believing that the hotel scale was on and the commission scale was off. Even if so, you know, Charles had an hour. He wasn't sucked out. What, what was weight. he at? What was he at the first time he weighed? 155 and a half. And then he couldn't and lose a half a pound in an hour? Couldn't lose a half a pound. Did just go shave your hair and do something. Like, so DC talk. Well, I was listening to DC talk about that. You know, that will get you not a half a pound. But there's a couple. So like, let's say you're not sucked out completely dry. One thing you could do. And they had a good point that, you know, he doesn't have time to go to the gym and back. Like he's only got an hour before he weighs in again. I would find, this is me as a coach. I would find a bag of Starburst, a bag of Sour Skittles, and have my guy just start chewing on them and start spitting out all the contents. Like, get that saliva built up in your mouth. Um, I used to do that when I, we were cutting weight for fights, like the last two pounds. You do that in 20, 30 minutes. Just start chewing on things and spitting it out over and over and over. Yeah, um, that's not – I've heard of that. My wrestlers at the school that I work at, they do the same thing. Um, they don't do Skittles, but they'll chew on like ice or something like that. Yeah, and then something that'll make off. your, yeah, something that'll make your <clears> mouth <throat> water or something like that. But to, to, to lose your belt, to be stripped because you can't make weight the first time it's ever happened, you know, it's always, it's, it's happened like three or four times for the challenger, but not for the champion. And yeah. automatically I thought, you know, it, Charles is mentally unprepared for this. Gacy's going to go in and wipe the floor with him. And boy, Justin, we Gaethje, all wrong. Justin Gacy is exactly who we thought he was. He is a choking away. Oh my God. He oh. chokes at the highest level of all fights. And kind of like I, I think TJ or uh, Dominic Cruz said it, he will set himself on fire to burn somebody a little bit. And he had Charles rocked multiple times and what does he do he runs right in with his hands down and starts throwing hammers and gets clipped yep garbage hey. garbage hey you know what i told you guys told you guys justin justin choke it away like he always does i don't know what i'm gonna do with that gaichi rookie refractor that i just got back from sgc now <laughs> sell it for 20 bucks well that's probably i'm gonna be honest this probably his last title shot it and has to be like he's he's gotten what two or three now? Two. 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 You look at every I can't fighter. imagine if that division's stacked enough that I can't imagine he gets another shot. He's also a type of fighter. His career can't last forever. The type of wars he puts himself in. Yeah. Like, yeah the fight with Chandler, the fight with Oliveira, the like just sit there and trade hammers. Like you're not gonna last forever. And um speaking of trading hammers, so how about Michael Chandler blasting Tony Ferguson in the face with that so, foot? I think the, the craziest part about that is, you know, and I know, Tony has a chin mm -hmm. to take take everything. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. kick had to literally just be perfect to be able to <clears throat> knock him straight out cold. And that's kind of what Chandler said today on Pat McAfee's show. Like, it was just 
perfect timing of of the angle of the foot of the whole thing and kind of Tony walked into it because looking in the first round, man, Tony was Tony had Chandler hurt, had him cut wide open, yep. you know, was was doing work, was completely in that fight, very started the second round, just got caught. That's you know, kind of how it happens. Uh definitely part of it, but you know, Michael Chandler's a beast. Would definitely like to see what's gonna happen next because that division is a cluster. Because yeah. now you have a number one contender, which is who's the all in that division. I'm gonna so, look this up. You have Oliveira, who's the number one contender to his own title that he okay. lost on the stand. You have Chandler. So it's got to be Chandler Oliveira, right? Next one. But you could also everyone's calling out Conor McGregor. Oh yeah, because you got McGregor to I come have, back. I have seen some memes that are like. This sets up perfectly for Conor McGregor to come back and just win back the title. It does. I mean, there's so many different fights. I mean, you have Dariush and Islam. You have like Dana has no idea what's going to happen. It, it, there's just too many variables and too many situations. I mean, it's great to have problems like that, I guess. But oh, you have Islam there too. Yeah, and he's supposed to fight Dariush next, but but Dana's now thinking of of taking Islam and putting him against Oliveira. So would you put Dariush against Michael Chandler, or and where does Connor fit into this? I feel like I feel like Michael beating Tony Ferguson at least gets him a bump. I say Michael. I say it's Michael Chandler versus, versus Islam. Winner gets Charles. I mean, I would love to watch that fight, I think. But I really, really, really want to see that Dariush Islam fight. I think that's a great fight. And if yeah. it, if it gets pulled apart, oh, I'm going to be gutted. Going to be gutted. Dude, there's... Uh, let's Wait, see, is Glover Teixeira really the... Is he really the champion at light heavy right now? Yes. Yes, he is. God bless it. That, I know. that division is a trash compared to what it was. It is. <laughs> it is. Um... There was a. Did you know, you watch... if John Jones could lay off the coke, he'd be like a twenty-year champion. He would. Um, did you watch the 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 Rose fight? I didn't even pay attention to it, and I'm glad. I'm gonna I be didn't. honest. I fell asleep during that one because I didn't want to see it. Because honestly, I thought Rose would win that one, and I was. When there's a total of six punches thrown in a round, um, so, in all honesty, I'm sitting here in my chair watching it with with Wesley. And we both fell asleep during at the walkout. Tony Ferguson's walking out, and I fell asleep and woke up as Rose is walking out. Uh, so I missed the knockout. Had to go through Twitter and find it, and then kind of just didn't watch the Rose fight. And I'm glad I did not. Um, did you I watch was, the highlights? I did. Yeah. What a low lights. One of one of the worst fights of all time. See, this is what doesn't. This is Rose is so good against like top level talent, and then she throws out a basically just a dud against okay. a couple a couple reasons. One, she's got the same coach as Justin Gaethje and Trevor Whitman, and two, Pat Barry, who's her fiance, is also a coach, and Pat Barry's crazy slash not a great coach. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's sad. 
She shouldn't have lost that one. No, and, and to say that you you won, like, please stop that. So it, it, it's something like that when nobody's engaging and they're just, like, moving around. I almost feel like there should be a pride-style pen, penalty system where if you get a yellow card, you lose 10% of your purse. If you get a red card, I forgot what the, the purse penalty was, but then you get a point deduction. Like engage, like do something. Like do you, here's the problem: pride. You could probably do that, but you can't do that in the UFC because those guys don't get paid enough to begin with. Because Dana White doesn't want to hand out money. They didn't get paid. They didn't get paid in pride either. Yeah, but that, I mean, they're at least money overseas is a little better than money inside the United States. Well, pride was run by the yakuza, and the yeah the, mob money. The stories like. They tried to get Bob Sapp to fight without a contract. And Bob was like, no, I'm going to, I want to sign the contract before I go fight. And they wouldn't give it to him. So he's the main event of the night's fight. And he just walked out <laughs> because they wouldn't sign anything. So nutty. I don't know. Let's be honest. If <clears throat> you're not going to, if you want to talk about fighter pay, they can bitch and moan all they want about fighter pay. But it is what it is. If you want to get paid, negotiate better. You're not what you're worth. You are. You get paid not what you're worth, what you can negotiate. So don't blame it on on Dana. Blame it on your agent or blame it on yourself for negotiating what you negotiate. Yeah. If you feel like if you find a better deal, take that. That that's the easiest thing. To say, plus have your agent take that outside money. Don't you should never go into a fight. And I I can think about this just like the race car. If I go into a race and plan on using the winner money by round to pay my team, pay for the car parts. If my first round winnings is ten thousand dollars, but it costs me eighty thousand dollars in the weekend. Why would I use that as a business model? The idea is to get your sponsorship or do your outside appearances or whatever where the money is made so I can have everything taken care of going into my competition and the money I get on top is just a bonus. See, that's how that's... you should set up your business model as a fighter or as anything else. Well, see right there, that's, that's exactly why you are sitting in your seat and while these other people just aren't making money. But they all have agents, which I don't get. Yeah, they're just stupid. I was talk I was listening to a podcast. I'm I'm sure you follow uh, Sports Car Nonsense and Mike yeah. Dio. Yep. Um they had on Ariel Hawani on there last uh -huh. week. And Ariel brought up a good point. He said UFC is still in its its toddler stage. It's not mature. It's not a child it's not it's not a mature sport yet it's not a mature card market so the agents you're getting aren't exactly the best at negotiating these things and they don't understand what you're presenting as a business model to make money which is sad but yeah. this is how i want to tie it to cards so we know some avid ufc collectors we follow the ufc chat everybody collects on there if ariel hawani who's probably the biggest spokesman person for UFC if he thinks the UFC is still in its toddler stage as a sport 
then you have to assume that the card market for UFC is very much in its infancy, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, in in a new sport like that, people are going to flock to all the modern, ultra modern prospect Islam, you know, whoever's uh, hot right now, Chimaev. Yeah. Whoever's hot, which makes me think, you know, as the sport matures, as the card market will eventually mature down the road, then you're talking about, okay, who really were the best fighters of all time? And that's yeah. John Jones, Anderson Silva, you know, Daniel Cormier. If GSP. you're thinking that way and you're you're trying to, uh, not prospect, but if you're trying to catch goats for 20 pennies, down, 20 years down the line, that's... If you're thinking that way, you're thinking 20 plus years. Probably, which is sad um, because I wish it would, I wish it would mature a little more because there is a lot of disrespect towards Anderson Silva, GSP, John Jones, and those hall of fame type guys. A lot of disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can get their cards for pennies on the dollar. Even, even like Demetrius Johnson, mighty mouse. He's, he's forgotten. Yes, but no one, no, no one really gave gave two cares about the little guy division for a long time. It's true. It's true. But it's I, like, it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it's an underappreciated market. And if you collect UFC, maybe you should enjoy. If you like enjoy collecting, collect those guys. So I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, it's just... And then if you want to so the, the UFC market, how I see it is if you have a card, your margin of sell period is only when that fighter. It's like the week fighting. of the fight. So perfect example that that Jared Candonier card that I had. Yeah, that's been sitting on my desk in my office since 2018. And. Jared Cannonier finally is going to fight for a title. I that card means nothing to me. And guess what? Everybody wanted J- Jared Cannonier cards, even though he's going to get smoked by Izzy. Yeah. Everybody wanted Jared Cannonier cards. So if you're if you're waiting where he's not fighting, or let's say the Justin Gaethje, if he comes off a knockout loss, it ain't worth nothing. So you got to go back to those goat statuses, the guys who have already retired or getting. Yeah, it's kind of like it's gambling. It's what we talked about before. Yeah. And and not to mention these people, these casuals who are UFC fans and collecting these UFC cards, they have this thing asked backwards. Like you should like the amount of disrespect to give to all these goats and the amount of money they will pump into these prospects is ridiculous. And they have no respect for any any of the sport pre Habib and Conor McGregor. Pre, so my biggest thing is pre Conor. You can't, I can't find anybody that watched the UFC before Conor got in. Like I know you, it's sad. I mean, you and me were watching cards every weekend for since like UFC probably. I should have I should I should have probably a ten percent stake in B Dubs for how many times I went over there and had wings and burgers and and we were there till finish it off with a chocolate cake yeah 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 so i mean we were 
if people are just getting into it one because it's popular the sports card guys because it's another niche market to to pick they can at pump and dump it uh, for sure it's for oh my sure. god but still like it's not getting its respect remember and I, I sent it to squints and I, you were on it too that gsp 101 that only went yep. for like 1500 bucks on golden like yep. the disrespect there yeah, and you got, but you got Zach Wilson National Treasures going for thirty three thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. I'm it's so stupid. sick. That, I'm so sick that Cowboy got uh, food poisoning. The, that's why. Oh, Cowboy! Yeah, Everybody loves Cowboy. That's. A, I mean, that's that would have been a great fight for two thousand nine. So yeah. I'm kind of also kind of glad that it didn't happen, but it sucks <laughs> that he got food poisoning. Um, yeah. Still a good card, top to bottom. You know, yep. Canelo Alvarez had a boxing match, lost. He got beat. But so, yes, he got beat. He also moved but up. Light, was... He moved up to light heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, Canelo hey, started look... his career at hundred and forty-two pounds. Hey, Caleb, before too long, you're gonna be hearing Conor McGregor walking around at two twenty. So it's only a matter of time. He's already he walks at almost two hundred. Yeah, I know he's massive now. He said he's not going to fifty-five again. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it's going to happen as you get older. It's harder. That trembleoni sandwiches, bro. Yeah, trembleoni and all right. Let's move on. NBA, NBA, NHL playoffs are starting. I'm down with the NHL playoffs. I can't force myself to watch the NBA playoffs. I don't know what it is with basketball this year. Basketball is so trashy to me this year. I don't know the why. The only thing that I appreciate is, first off, the Celtics just smoked Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Brooklyn, bunch Brooklyn's of duds. Like, after uh, hard Kevin Durant full. doesn't deserve to be in the conversation right now of a top 15 to 25 basketball player. Just because you got a ring because you were on a super team doesn't make you a great player. Yeah. That's the only reason why he's rings, because he can't win it with him being the focal point. No. No, it's sad. Anyways, the Bucks and the Celtics, really good series. I, I enjoy that series. Um, the the Memphis Grizzlies-Golden State series, that's a really, really good series. So I heard Jaws doing pretty well, but he did get hurt. Is that correct? Yeah, so um, I didn't see the last part of that game. Um, it looked like some people call it a dirty play. It's probably just it's it's Memphis Grizzlies- fandom saying oh dirty 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 of course it's stupid it's just people being dumb um but yeah i i've heard he's not playing game four if he doesn't play game four three one series golden state's gonna win that series in probably six games at at worst probably five games Mm. um celtics celtics bucks bucks look really good celtics look good any given night so it's gonna be a war golden state milwaukee is that going to yeah. be the finals? Is that is that what I call Golden State Milwaukee? Is that what I said? I'd have to go back and look. Probably I maybe that's what I call. I think it still goes that way. I think Golden Those State. Two best teams. I'm pretty sure Golden State's going to end up winning. Yeah, Jordan Poole is is becoming a a star. Boy, and, I am so glad I kept them Jordan Poole cards. 
I yeah, I sold those last year when he went in. Uh, I think it was like the playing game he went off or something like that for like thirty points. I was like, yeah, so. I had a stack of those sitting around. Yep, sold those too early. That's for sure. Gone. NHL gone. playoffs. NHL been, playoffs. You know, I can I can get down with the NHL playoffs. There's been a lot of goals too. Which makes for exciting because usually in the NHL playoffs you really don't get much. Not but, just a lot of goals, but man, has there goals. been some? There's been a lot of heavy hits, like fights. You know, play, playoff hockey is a different level of hockey. Oh yeah, it's it gets it gets chippy. There's fights. Usually you don't see fights in the regular season. There'll be fights in 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 the playoffs. People start getting heavy with the hits. It's a violent gentleman's game, and um, <laughs> missing teeth. <laughs> The Penguins got thrashed. Yes. Thrashed, bud. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs look good. Um, well, they, they did that. And then you know what happened last night? 5 0. They, oh. they went down 5 0 to the Lightning in the first period and a half. Lightning have been good last couple seasons. Well, yeah. I mean, they're the back to back Stanley Cup champion. Of course. So, of course. But, you no, know, NHL's hard. been good. NBA's been good. It's been a good time. As far as that goes, uh-huh, so uh-huh. baseball, I can't stand to watch baseball. I don't really care about baseball. Baseball screwing themselves over. I'm not really but sure why I bought anything just, for my thousand yeah. dollar. <laughs> I sold that thing off. I was like, I can't stand Boba right now. I, like, I am I so I'm, I'm finding myself, and I, I'm gonna guess it's probably because of the card market. I find myself watching the Premier League on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I love. I'm not a huge soccer watch guy, but man, do I! I find myself. I was watching uh, Man City and uh, 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 who played this past weekend? It was Man City and somebody else. City. I'm, I'm watching the games, man. I, I, I have not been as adamant in watching soccer, but I have watched a lot of F1. I have no skins in the game in F1. I do not own a single F1 card, but I enjoy the sport. And I enjoy watching some people. I watch good racing. But, man, like, is it me or did Lewis Hamilton just, like, give up this year? He gave up because his car is trash. And that's going to happen because, you know, everything that changed with, uh, you know, the new car, you have to build your own car and your own specs and all this and that. Like their combination's just wrong and it's trash. And it's yeah. not it's not Lewis's fault, but there's no way he can win the drivers' championship. So might as well, you know, call it a season. He's getting paid, you know, whatever he's getting paid, forty five million dollars whatever. So sit back, <clears throat> drive your car, don't get hurt. Who cares? Let Ferrari and Red Bull battle it out and yep. just try to beat George Russell every race. One thing I'd I'm I'm seeing and shift this to the card market. Man, there's a lot of nut riders out of the out of nowhere jumping on the F1 train. Like there's a ton. Like just because Netflix pumps out a series, now you're all excited about F1. Nine hundred nine hundred thousand dollars for a Lewis Hamilton one of one. That's not even his rookie. Nine hundred thousand dollars. What what are we doing with ourselves? Like it's just that it yeah okay I get it inaugural season uh, or inaugural tops chrome one of one gold vinyl but like nine hundred thousand dollars it's ridiculous um 
no one's... Yeah, that's a little... It's a The person who's buying that for $900,000 doesn't really care about money, let's be honest. So It's F1, probably Lewis himself. So F1's a whole different breed. As you can see from, you know, this past weekend in Miami, you know, the, the, the boats in the fake ocean, um, the whole... The whole Miami, if you've never been to an F1 race, so I was uh, lucky enough that when it was in Indianapolis, I got to go to the F1 race. And it's a whole, it's a different world, especially for somebody being in the racing. I know Josh has talked about this too. It's, it's just, it's not niche. It's, and it's really hard to explain, but you literally have the world minus America now you have a little bit more American influence. So technically, it is probably the most popular and watched sport in the world besides soccer. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. A lot of people pay attention to it overseas. A Racing. lot of it, It's bigger than anything else. And it's Formula Formula One. Like, yeah. The history of it, it it's but I just don't get get the America hype train where it's not like for it's not like this is the first time Formula One's been in America besides the Austin races. Like it was in Indianapolis. People forget that Formula One hated America, hated the Indianapolis 500. Tried oh, to yeah. get them, tried to get them to to pave over the bricks because it upset the cars when they crossed the bricks. Like yeah, they were a bunch. They call. I mean yeah, they thought we were a bunch of hillbillies. And now there's a there's a like. And just because there's a there's a documentary, it's like all of a sudden everybody loves F one. Yeah, yeah. No, and it I makes no sense. We with the grew car up market. watching IndyCar, or we grew up watching IndyCar because we have the 500 in Indianapolis. I watched it because my dad worked for a race team for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. You know, we we would watch F one on Sundays, F one on Saturday, or F one on sundays if we didn't have a race on saturday or sunday so from that aspect like it's always been something that we watched at least in my house but now it's like you got tom brady showing up you got patrick mahomes car collector true show video patrick mahomes and everybody's there now like it's 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 almost like a prestige thing to go and watch an f1 race it's it's the kentucky derby with motorized cars yes like you That's said, it, it's a prestige it. thing. It's not that anybody actually understands what's going on. They just mm-hmm. want to be there to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's an image thing. Whatever yeah. you want. I mean, especially with them going to Vegas next year. Or is it is it this year or is it next year? It's next no, year. No, they have it. They Vegas is this year. Okay. Because I know they just they just purchased 39 acres right off the strip for $240 million so they can put the paddock there. Is it this? Now now I'm second guessing myself. I think it's 23. I think it's 23. It's coming to Vegas. It's coming to Vegas. A riot. And it's going to be a night race. That's going to be ludicrous. It's going to be in October. So it's going to be semi cold because we'll race there. They race two weeks after we leave. So we race Halloween weekend in Vegas and they'll race two weeks later. So it'd be the second week of November. November. Does it get warm during the day still? Kind of like it'll be 
mid sixties, but Vegas is windy because of the mountains. Mm, interesting. So, and especially being on the strip, it's, that's going to be a weird dynamic because you're going to have all these lights. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It'd be like playing on Rainbow Road in Mario Kart. That's what you're playing on. Exactly. That's what yeah. you're racing on. It's 100%. Rainbow Road. A hundred percent. All right. Triple logo, man. The worst people in the entire hobby pulled it. How, how do you feel about that? I I hate it. Here's so what much. I hope. I hope they don't take it for themselves and charge back the people who bought into the break and actually want it. So didn't didn't whatnot have a bounty out for that and they were giving the, up a Lamborghini? I think it's the sellers. So the people who I think were doing the break, they get the Lamborghini and the people who win it, obviously whatever they sell it for, they're gonna get the I would keep the costs. yeah, I'd keep the car over the Lamborghini because the insurance and the uh upkeep of Lamborghini is gonna be way more than the card. Um yeah, yeah, the worst people in the world pulled it. Um, the trash of the community. Uh, I hate those. I hate guys like that. They're a black spot on the in, in the hobby. Um, yeah, they're they're in it for the wrong reasons. They're in it to make money. They're in it to flip stuff. They're in it to make it into a TikTok show. They don't really care about collecting. They care about getting the flip, making the next money to to keep going. So yeah, not a. Yeah. Not a huge fan of theirs. It's all about um, them. It's never about it's never about the hobby. Sadly. That's what it is. So to to my thought, some of the top breakers in the world, do you believe their cases get loaded? Or do you think that I think they knows? do most I think they do a good majority of the time. The other caveat to that is they get so much product more than anybody else that, that they're they breaking can, so much they're, that they're breaking they're, so much that they hit more. Um, so I think it's one and one and probably the same. I'm sure, I'm sure there's, uh, you know how the world works. I'm sure there's dirty stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, when there's, and, let's say there's 500 cases available and latent cards is gets 300 of them. You're bound yeah, to hit yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. I do think it's quite interesting that this whole whatnot thing came about and all these breakers were in on, you know, ripping a case of flawless and the winner gets a Lamborghini on this specific night. So it's kind of like it all culminated in a, a very good, let's say, um, card promotional type weekend. Yeah. So from that aspect, very ironic that everything worked out the way it did. Um, but Congrats to the people who won it. I'm sure they're going. Their lives are changed forever. Yeah, I'm I sure Shane, Shine's life is going to be pretty well. <laughs> Shine's happy because he finally gets his card. Yeah. If Drake, I, if Drake doesn't buy it from him, I do hope that when Fanatics takes over, that the allocation process kind of switches up, or not switches up, but kind of gives it a more playing field. I feel yeah. that you know, normal people smaller places don't have the same opportunity as you know a company that pushes 10 million dollars worth of product like steel city or layton or i mean even laparo's doing 
you know, 3 million a year. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully it, it we can even it out somehow and, it, and kind of see where the market goes. It's like when we talked about, you know, football prism comes out and hobby boxes are $1,700. There's no way you can stand on that price for a long time because now you're cutting out the normal everyday people that want the product. And even, yeah, even the retail products, which, that market is basically dead from everybody trying to, to resale and the prices have doubled on the products. Yeah. It's so, so what I've, I've come to realize is like when hobby boxes are affordable, you have people who buy hobby boxes, right? Like people will buy boxes, they'll split it. They'll, you know, go to their shops more often the breakers now are the ones who really control the business. And that's why prices are probably still as high as they are because people can buy a spot and it's get cheaper. the cards they want or get the people they want. And they don't have to spend, you know, $2,000 on a hobby box. They can spend, you know, a hundred dollars on the hobby box, randomly get a team. They still maybe get some cards out of it, but you know, they maybe hit, then maybe they get Jacksonville and maybe they hit something out of it. So it's like you're less money in to the product and you still get to break a box or a case or whatever. So from that aspect, I, I see why. I see why they do that. Yeah. Still so, though, breakers run the hobby right now. And until that changes, I don't see any reason why the process, the prices will drop. Yeah. Until you get a sucky class like we will next year. Because 2022 still, football is going to suck. Still go out and support your local LCS. Always do that. Yes. True. Always. True, true, true. Always. <clears throat> All right. What's coming up? What do we got coming up? I got an SGC order coming back that's all soccer. Dude, I don't know why. I am just balls deep in some soccer right now like you are me and josh are heavy heavy soccer into soccer right now boy i'm gonna be honest i'm looking for football and basketball right now i'm like i know it sounds stupid but like a part of this whole challenge thing like i'm looking to the next year i'm looking to you know 20 or i'm looking to the fall you know football josh allen's gonna be the one of the hottest tickets on the market justin herbert and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of like this is definitely good, good time to buy. Good time to buy in, in football. Um, I'm going to stay away from basketball probably for a long time. Um, after the you know, 1920 craze, I could care less about basketball, and I can see how the market dips, especially with, you know, even though there's a small number of guys on the team, man, if you guess wrong or that guy becomes a nobody – those cards fall off quick. So yeah, sticking to where I know and, and football, and you know, we've talked about this in the past that football might overtake basketball. It's I think got, it that, is. it's got that trajectory that it is. Man, you people, have, say, it, people say baseball is going to take over and like be the next too big, many big explosion. The markets like, no, we, and we've talked about that. There's just too much. Too the many games and not enough eyes and the people watching baseball. Like nobody wants to watch baseball. The only the, thing they're checking the product, ever is the box score. And there's so many different products that the good products that people want, 
flawless, immaculate. They're non-licensed. So yeah. half the the public the, the people might, collecting baseball are the guys who have always been collecting baseball. And they're gonna collect the Bowman Chromes, the tops, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. They're even though flawless is a great product, like if you, you know, if you enjoy like I love these cards, like flawless baseball has great yeah, they have good patches and stuff. Yeah, but they're unlicensed, so yep. the Bobby Abreu doesn't have a Phillies logo. Um, yeah, Nomar Garcia Parra doesn't have an Expos logo. Like, it's a tough sell for a great product, and the they don't get the respect. People still hang on the steroid era, like Mark McGuire one of ones. I remember I had a Mark McGuire one of one that I bought for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, like. Yeah, and like, uh, so like Justin uh, Squints has been, he's been buying up Barry Bonds, and mm. he, we've been talking a lot about it. You know, Barry Bonds is an underrated baseball player. He was a part of the whole steroid era, but at the same time, you know, he's, I mean, statistically, he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. You steroids know, don't make you have steroids. Say what? Yeah, he's. I said steroids don't help you with hand-eye coordination. You still got to hit it. They, not necessarily, but there's other things. There's other performance-enhancing drugs that can help with focus and and Adderall. building a hand-eye coordination, dexterity, all those things. So it, it's a part of the whole PED era, not Juice just steroids. Juice them. You want to make you want to make a pitch clock. I want my but everybody. I want my players. I'm I'm 100. I I want to see people throw 120 and literally their arm like rips off their body. That would be hey, cool. You want to be the greatest. And I want to see world. a guy hit a ball so hard it goes through someone's face. Like yes, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, steroids are great because it just makes things so much more entertaining. But at the same time, like Barry Bonds probably should get a little more respect than what he does. I'll tell you one thing that I do with baseball is like I'll find one guy who I like and I'll collect or, you know, guy hit buy his stuff. And there's too many. I'm not going to get the trout. So I'm not going to get this and that. My guys is Lewis Robert or Luis Robert from the uh, White, White Sox. Sox. You know, a proven. <laughs> he's still a younger guy. But it's been in the been in the majors for a couple of years, because I can't do I can't do the prospecting thing. I'm like, there's I just don't like there's it. There's so much, so much. Like, you get lucky on a Bobby Witt Jr., you crash on a Galvin Lux, and then you're like 50-50 on a Luis Robert who who's been hurt twice. Yep. So it's tough. It's baseball. How do you get hurt? That's it's amazing. I I am convinced baseball they're the softest of all athletes. I, yeah, understandable. Um, I'm trying to think what else is up. I'm, my buying is I'm still looking. I'm doing a lot of heavy game use patch autos. And sometimes. Yep, actually, oh, oh, I just oh, got oh. this back finally. Did you? Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, I, I had to sell it to to Jared to. uh when I bought the super or when I bought the, um, the contenders, the Brady contenders. Yep. Um, but I was like, 
oh, that's my favorite card, and I really missed it. So I was, I ended up selling my Randy Moss air, my Jumpman, and then I just bought that back. So I was like, so I just how don't want uh, to get it. on your collection? Yeah, are you is your collection kind of whittled down, or do you still have a good amount that you could, you know, buy, sell, trade with? Um, right now it's, it's whittled down to what I truly, like, it's truly my collection. So like what's less in than, it less is than, less than 20 cards. Oh, it's like five now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, I sold off, I sold off, I think 17 cards total over like 17 to 20 cards total over the last like three, three or four months, mm-hmm. um, basically to buy the Brady ticket. And then, um, so my collection of game used cards comes down to the uh, the top Super Bowl auto that I have. That's game used. That's a game used from the Super Bowl patch patch auto for of Brady. And then I have the Jim Brown. And then I have my defensive goats Ray Lewis, Ronnie Lott, and um, uh, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. So I'm looking to try and get Dick Butkus, Deacon Jones, Reggie White. Those are my my next. Yeah. My next. I'm building up, so I'm building back up on my game used stuff after selling off a bunch of it um, at the end of last year. Um, me and Josh are going to start doing uh, the Kokomo card show. So we're going to set up as a seller and start. That'd be fun. Trying to get out there. I've never set up at a at a show before, but I think you know we got enough product. I have a lot of football. Baseball, you guys are gonna basketball. be. You guys might want to change your accents to like English, maybe a little bit. And he can. Just... He. The good thing with him is he knows soccer inside and out, and I know everything else. So you just sit there and say, "Yep, yep, yep. for sure." Yep, well, Josh knows cash, cash, cash. I Cut take I take uh, euros and I take uh, American dollars. <laughs> Very true. Very I true. defer to Josh. Um. Did you see? Speaking of one of our sponsors, My Slabs, did you see they're running commercials at uh, the Brewer Stadium? Good for those guys. That is fantastic. I did not know that, but that is fantastic. They're, they're um, spending some money. I need to get a hold of that. Is, here's, need, here's, so here's my issue with eBay. eBay now, it's like $2,500 now. Every raw cart over $2,500 now is is going through that office authenticity guarantee. They need to do away with that, or or they do an opt into it. You opt into the authenticity. Guarantee. People's cards are getting wrecked. Yes, going there. they're they're getting ruined by eBay. eBay's not guaranteeing them because they're not what they say they are, and they're getting shipped back. There's been a lot of issues with that. My slabs is got this is an opportunity for my slabs to just take over the market because eBay is just they're being stupid. They're being retarded yeah. with it. I need to reach out to to them because obviously I have a national platform with the race car and see what I can do. So I've, I've done it with some people in the card markets before, and I have good contact with uh, the guys at Steel City Collectibles, and I still want to do something with them. But you know, help promote the world of my slabs and however we can do it. Like, yeah, that would I, be awesome. Yeah, I don't know if Steel City would just because they compete with Wax a little bit. But so if they're willing I, to like sacrifice wax to maybe get on like blowout cards or these other forums, that could be could be an opportunity. There. So I 
when I when I went to the Nationals, I met a couple guys from Steel City. Um, the Rip and Gypsy people introduced me to them, and we talked. And and um, I got one of the guys' numbers, and we messaged back and forth. And they're not too far from the racetrack, so if I can get them to the racetrack, I'm trying to put together some sort of some sort of deal. Like I was almost like, hey, I'll give you a spot for this weekend if you trade me a case of X product. <laughs> Leaf Leaf Allsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just something. No, I'm with you on that. No, I, there's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the market seems to be in a good place where it's like almost, <laughs> excuse me, stabilized. Mm-hmm. And there's opportunities to buy in the off season for some basketball players, some football players. Um, game use stuff comes around. There was a Reggie White patch auto that came out last week on ebay i didn't get a chance to buy it because i bought a aaron donald kaboom psa 10 gold out of 10 um so that was that kind of ruined my budget for for, sure. for uh that reggie white but that'll the if i find another one that's definitely what i'm gonna try to go for yeah there's gotcha. a lot there's a lot that i see that i really really want um any any of the flawless greats i saw roger Staubach. That was yeah. really nice. Saw Terrell Davis, uh, Larry Zonka. There's a sick there's Larry ton. Zonka. There's a ton of Larry Zonka out there. Man, I hope they're doing anniversary GI Jane cards. Hey, as long as Logan Paul keeps, you know, pulling GI Joe cards out of uh, Pokemon boxes that have been, yep, GI GI Jane, GI Joe. They'll continue to go up. I'll buy them. I'll buy them all day. Yeah, just don't reference uh, Will Smith's wife. He might come after you. No, you're going to get the backhand. Uh, so, anything else right. you got to cover? Nope. I think this is a good episode. Nice to get back. Um, let's do this. Next week, um, let's talk about post-draft. Who are our, who are our top Four will go top four teams or division winners in the AFC and NFC. That division sounds like an ep- that sounds like an episode to have Duchene Bland joined us again. Hey, if he's on, I'm more than happy to to have him on. That would be All nice. Right, so, nice to so talk about top four teams that won the draft, AFC and NFC. Won the draft or or top four teams in each in each conference going into the season now. Okay, top four teams in each conference. I like it. All right. So thank you to our sponsors as always, MySlabs, MySlabs.com. Buy, sell all your slabbed cards, slabbed comic books, sealed wax, now all your raw cards for only up to 1% fees. Get off eBay. Quit paying those 12% fees. Uh, It's the web's premier marketplace for collectors and investors. Slab savers, protectyourslabs.com. If you use code DREAM3, you're going to get 10% off your order. Protect those slabs, guys. Great cases they make. A uh, bunch of great people over there. Graded card solutions, that's gradedship.com. If you use code DREAM15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Always want to ship your cards because you hate to refund stuff and you can never trust the post office. And Nation Golf, our friends at Nation Golf had a great outing this past weekend. Um, 50 years of nation golf. Um, if you love the golden era of golf, like we do great polos, um, hats, 
Go check them off. Check them out at nationgolfco.com. So until next time, we're going to talk about the NFL and or the AFC and NFC conferences, who we got the best. We'll call Dujanae Bland, see if he's got time. So until next time, we will catch you later. Thank you.